R&B Podcast, episode 37, R&B Podcast, you know that we talk with energy from heaven, this is our show here, you're listening to Russ and Blake, come on a journey. See what moves we make. Hey. <laughs> All right, y'all. Welcome back to R&B Podcast with Russ. With my man, Blake. Yes, sir. Uh, episode 37. 37 out 37. here. Mm-hmm. Thank God for yeah. another opportunity to have another conversation with my boy. Mm-hmm. Thank God for getting me home safely. I was off the grid for the weekend. Russ made a comment like, oh, you didn't... Post any pictures of you and Milo? For sure. While y'all are in California? I, I know. Like, I thought I was going to see Milo with the sunset at the beach and yeah, in the water. I, I got I the pictures, but, you know, I had to had that family time. Mm-hmm. You know, the little reset was good. And um, I, I hadn't been to Cali in a while, and so being out at the ocean was beneficial. You know, we live out here in the desert of Arizona, so we always feel very blessed when we have the opportunity, even though it was only for a couple days, right? Mm-hmm. But... um. Traveling is such a blessing in it of itself, and um, it's good to hit the reset button and go see a different environment, see how other people live, and take yourself out of your own life for a little bit sometimes, right? What were some of the things that you noticed about how the natives to San Diego lived? So we were like in the ocean beach area, and we were talking about how like family-oriented everything was. You know, you see kids out at like bar areas because they're that's how they market and it's it's not as much of a party town like uh tempe and phoenix can be and um they had quiet times there's a city ordinance i don't think i was aware of where you're supposed to be really quiet after what 10 10 hmm. o'clock so like a lot of the restaurants and stuff aren't open very late um but it was very good vibes. Everybody was just kind of minding their own business. People were very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see any type of like aggression from anyone, and there weren't like a bunch of sirens going off. So it was just like a really serene environment. And hearing the ocean and yeah. seeing the beach, it was just very positive. So um, yeah, out here sometimes in Phoenix, I feel like things get a little hectic and can be a little tense on the roads and mm-hmm. you know, people are minding their own business in a different way that's not as inclusive all the time and like I said, not as many family activities as I saw while I was out there and so there's just a, a really strong sense of community and that was good to kind of immerse in for a bit. Um, so yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed myself and I'm ready to talk about just travel itself because mm. you know i think a lot of us that are able to travel and go see other places maybe take that for granted sometimes yeah uh, especially people that can do it monthly mm-hmm. right? you go have a good time but you might not really acknowledge the people in the place that you're going to or the people that live there and uh think about what it is that is different about that experience right so for instance uh us in san diego we had the opportunity to see the sunset from the beach we went to sunset cliffs right and my mother-in-law asked, like, oh, do you think that the people around here, like, really appreciate the sunset like they would if they didn't get to see it all the time like this? And I said, you know, probably not 365 days a year, but um, certainly that's part of the reason you pay to live in a place like that, right? I, mm-hmm. I would hope that you uh, take advantage of those things. 
And there were a lot of natives out there in the same area that we were seeing the sunset. You could tell that people really do just go do that. And that's like an evening routine. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, that was cool to see as well because we also have beautiful sunsets in Phoenix, right? But it doesn't seem like I see people out actually looking at the sunsets. But I do see a lot of people post pictures of the sunsets, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, again, it's that sense of community that's a little bit different mm-hmm. or if it's our difference in appreciation, of, yeah. especially of nature. In my opinion, pictures of sunsets on social media are one of my favorite things to see, <laughs> you know? Mm. Like, when I'm going through people's stories and yeah. I see that it's a beautiful sunset, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, I, I actually care about that, yeah. you know? What if you saw that same exact sunset? Do you still like, oh, yeah, I'm glad. I. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like it's that sense of connection to everyone. Like, we're all from our own perspective right. looking at this beautiful sunset. Right. And maybe feeling some of the similar emotions that it evoked. But in San Diego, we were all, like, actually there. Mm-hmm. Which I haven't had that experience in Phoenix. I feel like I see these beautiful sunsets in Phoenix, and it's like either just me by myself or me and Maddie, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was with, like, hundreds of people that I didn't know, just all, like, standing, like, waiting for the sun to go down, and it was really peaceful, and, and then it went down, we all just walked away. And <laughs> I, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like nobody was planning to congregate like that, but we were all there doing the same thing in the same space, respecting each other, and uh, it was just cool to connect in that way. Like, I didn't even talk to any of these people, but we were just, like, in each other's face, like, enjoying the same experience. Right? Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So yeah. what kind of, like, rituals do you want for your family on maybe an evening routine? Is there anything that you could see as a goal that you would set for your family to do? Um, Just, I think people overlook how powerful it is of having dinner together. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, that's something that will definitely always try to do um you know sometimes if we're recording at night like now for instance i might have to eat separately but if we're all in the house then we're gonna eat together mm-hmm. right? and um uh, my daughter will one day be a teenager and maybe refute that and that's something that she's gonna have to deal with for me and i'm prepared to uh fight that battle because i see that importance and it's something that uh I got when I was growing up, but also it wasn't every night because mm-hmm. uh, my dad had work obligations. And but when we did have it, even though at the time I didn't really appreciate it, you know, in hindsight it was important certainly. So um, a lot of people might not really see that as a significant routine, but mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely have already implemented that and will continue just because every little moment that we get to spend together is really valuable yeah how was it seeing myla one year old first of all happy late birthday to myla because oh, she yeah, just turned yeah. one last week baby's one yep big one <laughs> <laughs> i'm wondering like how was it experiencing her experience the ocean it was pretty cool she didn't like putting her feet in there because you know uh, california beaches are cold but yeah. you could tell that she was mesmerized and felt that calming energy of the ocean and she likes seeing the seagulls fly over and the planes by the water and all that stuff and everything she experiences it's like amazing to experience with her for the first time and so we took her to the zoo too and seeing all the animals was really exciting for her and that's just one of the things that I uh, appreciate as being a dad being able to kind of 
go through those first times again with mm-hmm. her, you know, things that I would maybe take for granted a little bit. I, I was making fun of myself the other day, actually, with some people saying, like, I get excited that she was using a spoon. I was like, oh, look at her, she used a spoon. And it's, like, so simple, but it's really cool to see her, like, in real time figure the world out, yeah. right? And try to piece things together and... uh her personality starting to bubble and she's like laughing more and sometimes she'll like force a laugh and it really made me think like part of laughter is like to be socially accepted you yeah. know i think some of the situations where we laugh we're more likely to laugh if other people are there laughing with us right mm-hmm. so like she sees us laughing and she's like oh yeah i'm supposed <laughs> to laugh <laughs> and it's like yeah. you can tell her she's like forcing it mm-hmm. but she's still smiling and it's just funny like learning social norms and again like a social norm in our household is going to be to be smiling and happy and laughing and have that kind of energy right that's real and uh she's learning that she's yeah. learning that and along the way she's learning how to throw tantrums too mm. so there are you know, both sides of the field that you get to play with there. And obviously nobody enjoys the tantrums, but you got to learn through it the same way. I'm wondering in those experiencing new social norms, if it also works, if everybody was not saying you guys would have, but if everyone was frowning or sad, I wonder if Milo would inherently you know, get into that energy too. Like, oh, I'm supposed to be that oh, yeah. upset. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. That's why a lot of times when she's upset, if it's something that like in my mind, I would say like, why are you upset about that? I'll try to smile at her and not look upset myself. Cause there've been times where like maybe she'll fall and I like freak out a little bit and she sees that I'm anxious and then that makes her anxious and want to cry. But definitely um, my response influences hers. Mm. So um, people always compliment how calm she is in public. I'm like, well, her parents are calm in public. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we're also calm at home, but she does have her tantrums at home, which I'm grateful for, though, because we can enjoy ourselves and not feel like we're disrupting other people's experience, right? Because we've all seen the, the baby at the restaurant or something that's like throwing a fit and everybody's kind of staring and I've always like dreaded that being my situation and we're only at one so the terrible twos have that name for a reason so we'll see how that goes (laughs) but so far we're uh doing really good as far as behavior and I'm so grateful for that and I think that uh my wife and I just have to give ourselves some credit in that and being a role model and showing her how you should interact with people Mm. um and then I'm a little overprotective sometimes because if people say or do certain things or act certain ways around them, I'm like, yo, 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 like my kid's watching, like let's straighten it up a little bit, okay? Mm. And usually it's received well, which I'm I'm glad about that. But I was telling you earlier, like if somebody doesn't receive something well and it's in relation to my daughter, who's my responsibility, a lot of times I'm going to push their emotions aside because mm-hmm. uh, now that I have a very concrete number one priority in my life as far as protection and uh, making decisions myself. And I need everyone who's going to interact with me to understand that too. That's real. Mm -hmm. That's super real. I'm wondering, what was your favorite thing that you saw? What was your favorite animal that you saw at the zoo? You know, it's funny. I When we were going, I told everybody, I'm like, you guys got to pick a favorite animal before we get out of here. <laughs> like, that's the rule for today. Uh, and then I was the one that struggled the hardest mm-hmm. to decide. There, I show you a picture of this eagle, the crown eagle. Mm-hmm. 
seeing a bird that's like four feet tall is nuts. Yeah. And that thing can eat small gazelles. And honestly, there were a lot of birds. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of birds, a weird amount of birds. <laughs> and I was talking about how I used to hate birds. I was like, oh, they're rats of the sky. Like Rats of the sky. The birds are weird, right? But I now I'm at a place in my life where I really do appreciate like almost all, almost all life. Forms. Just not spiders. <laughs> yes. You already know. Yeah. Spiders, scorpions, I do have arachnophobia. Don't play games on me, y'all. It's <laughs> serious. Um, but yeah, the birds were cool. All the different colors of the birds, the different sounds that they make. And yeah. uh, you can just see how mesmerized Milo was by them, too. And uh, all the variety, right? And a lot of them can live together and be so different and not be fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about, because there were a lot of different type of apes and monkeys there too, which was cool to see. And you and I were talking about the bonobos yeah. and how intelligent they are. But right. one thing that differentiates us as humans from these apes is that we're able to live in large numbers and not be fighting with each other and right. uh, work together. And um, that is something that, I've been thinking about a lot recently. I talked about how quickly the world has developed, and I think we overlooked like our road system, the electric system, the the plumbing and water systems that we use every day. Like it's kind of amazing that uh, in such a short amount of time we've been able to do that across almost the whole world, right? Mm-hmm. And then for us to all live by the same set of rules and the uh, even just like have a similar schedule as one another and all these things that we're in a understanding of as a society. Yeah. And then you go places like San Diego where, you know, certain parts of the beach, there's a lot of homeless people and you might overhear conversations or see what they're doing. And sometimes their actions might not coincide with a lot of these societal norms. Mm. Right. So I've been trying to really understand everyone. And that includes people with, you know, mental disorders or substance abuse issues or people that just choose to be homeless because mm-hmm. we know people like that. And I have grown to understand them more even. I used to think that was one of the craziest things. But going out to the beach, seeing how beautiful it was, I'm like, if I didn't have really a purpose that I felt uh, it was worth working and being stressed <laughs> and trying to build a family, like all these things I have going for me and make everything that I do worth it. But if I didn't have any of that, I could see myself just being out here on the beach, right? Yeah. Being in a beautiful environment where a lot of people just appreciate that environment and uh, are living their lives and minding their business. Like, I, I think I can understand that, but it's just not for me. Yeah, but I think it's a good idea to ponder on because you really could never be in a situation where life is super terrible you know i feel a lot of times we have anxieties because we think of what could happen if our life falls apart and if you know the things that we show other people of ourselves starts to crumble Mm -hmm. and ultimately there's nothing to be afraid of there because you'll still be good you can find a sunset you know and life is fragile and short Mm -hmm. so it, it is a good idea to think about because there's a overarching anxiety that we have about our ego crumbling Mm. the people who perceive us as good and working hard out in the world knowing that we fell off or all these other things Mm. can drive people and make people feel afraid yeah but a lot of that anxiety is uh 
trying to guess what other people are thinking, right? Exactly. You're making an assumption uh-huh. about someone else's perception of you, and that's what the ego does. You right, know? right. And, um, yeah, being in an environment like the beach is a good place to kind of let that go for a little bit, I feel. Because it's a natural phenomena that shows you how small you are in the vastness right. of things, you know? So that right. kind of diminishes your ego just because of how... You're mm-hmm. connecting into the moment right there. Right, right. That's a great point. And that's why people go to places in, like Sedona and the Red Rocks. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's like being in that beautiful environment that's so far removed from what you usually see. It, uh, it makes your mind just think differently. For sure. We get caught up in this loop of our daily activities and uh, we f- forget all of these amazing things that are around us. And we don't live far from Sedona, right? No. And some people tap into that energy a lot more often than others. And uh, from my experience, the people that I meet that are like very intentional about trying to be in those environments and really get the full advantage of it, those are the ones that seem to be more of what I would consider to be enlightened or content with their lives. Yeah, and, people um, that soak up the nature around them. Mm-hmm. Because you really, I mean, some people really feel that way. Like they're tapping in, recharging themselves yeah. in nature. They do grounding with their shoes and socks off and some grass or mm-hmm. they just sit around nature and absorb mm-hmm. kind of that energy it's very calming yeah yeah and you know i was even thinking about astrology how i used to not believe in it at all and then i found that you know there are certainly different times where i have a lot more energy and i feel a lot more motivated and so i looked into it and i would be aware of when I felt that way and try to see what's going on as far as the the moon and the sun and the stars. And I found that new moons, when there's a new moon, I feel really, really good. Mm. And I get a lot done and I'm in a very elevated state, it seems. Right. And it's not like when a full moon is around, it's the opposite or anything like that. But whatever it is about, I mean, because as far as what the moon is, is just the how the sun is reflecting off in comparison to where the earth is located, right? Right. So it's hard for me to understand why that would be significant. I'm sure maybe somebody has an explanation as far as like gravitational pools or something like that. But to me, it's like the moon just looks different. There's less or more light. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact that when there's little or no light on the moon, my body is like at full strength. I'm like, Mm. like 100%. That's interesting. It is. Because in Avatar, The Last Airbender, like that's when the Fire Nation like loses their strength is when there's a new moon. Oh. Because like it's a, maybe it's a solar eclipse actually. Oh, I think that, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a solar eclipse that, is, that yeah. happens. And like when it happens, they lose their power until the sun comes back uh-huh. out. So never mind. But. Uh-huh. Similar concept though. Right. I mean, there's a lot of correlations between the energy of the universe and the these celestial beings, and um, you know, the the position of the planets and the sun. Like, For sure, this is one of the oldest stories people have been telling. Right, right? and it, like I said, it's something that I've never really believed in until this thing with the moon. And then, mm. so I've been like listening to people talk more about uh, their astrology signs. Yeah. Just because a lot of people talk about that, and I don't know much about it myself. Maybe we should have someone come on who can school us on we something, should. or at least that we can ask good questions. So to whoever's about it. listening to this, if you are well versed in terms of astrology, um, please hit us up. We'll be looking for you, but we need an expert on this.
I don't think they'll be that hard to find. <laughs> I'm not trying to be like a jerk. Of, well, but, well, well. I, I think that a lot of people would consider themselves experts, but they they only read in the blog. Yeah. So I want somebody that's done some real research for sure, like the textbook. And like there's you really read living the astrology this, right? textbook. What? And there's really living it too. Sure. Yeah, because there's people that align their decisions with yeah, what's going on in the sky. Yeah, and that's way different. Like I, I'm like a proud Leo, but like I don't. <laughs> really know about all the other signs and how they interact with me and no. I've heard people say that and it's like a different language and I don't know for me if I'm self-absorbed in any way but everything that I've ever heard about my astrology sign I just hear the good things about it and I'm like yeah yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> like that does sound yeah, like me like mad funny. emotionally intelligent <laughs> like and that's all I'll take from it and move on I don't even read what could be negative what, what are you a Pisces yeah okay yeah. Oh, as far as what I know, there's mostly like positive thing about Pisces, right? I don't know. But I know the negatives. I just know Absol is also a Pisces. Interesting. Yeah, there are a <laughs> lot of people that are Leos. And Absol is one of my like favorite like hip hop artists as far as how he thinks and like the words that he chooses to mm -hmm. say. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because whenever I hear him in docu like interviews and whatnot, he always sounds cool. Yeah. And I've always just looked at those as coincidences, to be honest, until recently. I'm trying to like understand that more. But it's always seemed to like clash a little bit with my spiritual awareness to an extent. The idea of astrology clashes with your spiritual awareness? It seemed like it. A little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, where, where does all this control of the stars and the moon come into play with God? But I guess that's just like, another subsection of his power right that's the question there, right? man yeah like that's the question that would be nice to have a uh, someone who maybe has studied that yeah, <laughs> talk to yeah, us because yeah. i have no idea yeah because in my mind it's like what you think is predictable always is proven to be unpredictable i think as human beings we really want to believe that there's at least one thing that we can count on to be predictable but i don't really believe there is i, I think everything kind of is on its own yeah. trajectory you know and we yeah. just want to find a pattern because that's what we do but it's well, yeah not, we're attracted it, to patterns exactly because yeah. it makes us it helps us make sense of the world yeah so it gives us a calming yeah feeling. yeah yeah that's why numbers are so powerful because patterns are a, a product of numbers and that's why nature is so calming because it's unpredictable and beautiful mm -hmm. very more more similar to what real life is yeah but it's, i mean I, a lot of times unpredictability is what causes anxiety as well. But it's also the only thing that helps someone feel alive. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a, a, yeah. A, a bit of unpredictability. Yeah, we've talked about how uh, crippling monotony and boringness can be for some sure. people, right? But also how to take advantage of that boring monotony, right? Go yeah, ahead and yeah, check yeah. out episode 36. Part of that unpredictable feeling you get when you travel, right? Yeah. You go somewhere new or you might go somewhere you've been to before, but it's been a while. So regardless, it's different than your normal daily situation. So if you spend 300 days out of the year just working, grinding, living your life, and all of a sudden you get to go branch off from that, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had people tell me like, oh, you're only going for two days? I'm like, yeah, that's better than not going, right? Probably, now. Yeah. You got responsibilities. It's cool when you can take off a week or two to go somewhere. But also there's different stages in life where that's appropriate to me. For sure. And um, 
I have not ever been on a two-week vacation. That almost makes me feel a little anxious being away from my life that long. And mm. A lot of my friends go on <clears throat> trips that long, and they do say it's hard to get back into the swing of things sometimes. But, um, you know, I have a lot of goals that I want to reach before I do that level of traveling. I feel you. I'm on the same thing with me for sure. Mm. But, um, you know, in the meantime, take these short trips when I get a chance yep. and uh, just try to learn about a lot of places because I also don't want to go somewhere I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, oh, I know that happens a lot. I have friends that go to different countries. They don't know one word of that language of the country to go into. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mm-mm. to me, I think you should do a little research. Like, you want to be culturally appropriate, you know, keep yourself safe in that way and be able to relate to people. For um, sure. And that I've s- spoken before about how you kind of need that when you're going to even a different state. Right? Did you work out in San Diego? I did not. Uh, we were at the zoo for six and a half hours. You so. didn't hit any push-ups or anything? Like, yeah. I did not. Dang. I got a lot of steps in. I got yeah, a lot of, I feel we did that. a lot of walking. Mm. did a lot of walking. And that's one thing, though. Um, I'm down to branch off into that, actually, because <laughs> um, I do take three-day rest periods sometimes mm. where I don't work out. Nice. Because when you work out really, really hard for a few days in a row, you do need a few days to recover, in my opinion. And that can be active recovery. For me, I did a lot of walking, you know, did a little bit of stretching. Um, but I'm not someone to work out every day of the week. Do you think that there's a large part of the workout community that disagrees with that? Yeah, no, there's definitely a big debate on overtraining and uh, the proper recovery times and mes- methods and programming, stuff like that. Um I think that your recovery has to be equivalent to your exercise. Hmm. People work out at different intensities. So there's a lot of factors into it, right? Because you can work out every day. But if you're someone that's working out with your heart rate in the 90th uh, percentile of what you're able to achieve every single time you work out and you're doing that for like an hour at a time, you can't do that every single day. Your body's going to break down. Mm. And so I've learned this the hard way by having injuries in the past because I thought I just had to train lift really heavy all the time and be very, very, very consistent. But there has to be a break in terms of training. And like I said, there needs to be some type of maintenance in that break time. But um, overtraining is very, very common. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see people get injuries and they are seeing a chiropractor every other week and uh, need in to have PT. Very. Fr- I used to see my fr- uh, PT monthly just for maintenance, right? Um, and... I think that I could still benefit from that, but I also take care of myself a lot better than I used to. Mm-hmm. And some of that was just uh, trying to put the ego aside, be a little humble, and realize that I'm aging a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm not a peak-performing athlete like I was, but I still can make advancements and get stronger and you know, work on my performance. It's just I'm not quite as resilient as I was when I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So... Also, on that note, having proper supplementation, you know, I take my CMOS, I know how to hydrate properly, I know what foods my body doesn't agree with, I know how to kind of control the inflammation in my body, right? So when you take all those things into account, and you just learn yourself, uh, you can train as little or as much as you want and still get the results that you need, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of ways to get the same results, and people um, are often looking for someone to tell them the right way, right? But uh, I think you can get to the same destination on a lot of different paths when it comes to health and fitness. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and our bodies all react differently to different training styles, different nutrition styles, and, uh, you know, different routines and regimens. So I just invite everyone to find out what's best for them because I've, I've had clients that have worked out with trainers in the past that, like, oh, this trainer has a program. Like, they have this, uh, what, upper body program, how to get your upper body stronger in this amount of time, and it just doesn't end up working out for them. And I'm like, well, these standardized programs that can't work for everybody, right? They will work for somebody, but they won't work for everybody. And that's 100% of the time, you know, uh, regardless of how strict and dedicated you are to it. Um, are you familiar with, what is it, 70 hard, 75 hard? Mm, that's that like that a social media challenge. I guess you could say that. It's like where people, they'll stick to a specific meal plan, work out twice a day, read 10 pages a day, drink a gallon of water. I think that's all the criteria. And they do that for 75 days. And if you break any of that in the 75 days, you have to start over. Oh, right? wow. And I have clients and I have friends that have had like a lot of success and you know changing their... Uh, body composition and that, but, um, you know, it's very difficult. And sometimes the result is people feeling less of themselves because they are unable to complete it, right? And um, I personally, in my current state in my life, you know, if I fall off once in 75 days, I don't see that as a failure, you know? Yeah, And I think that that challenge has kind of warped people's perception of what consistency really is. Because mm. there has to be rest, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I will never expect myself to work out twice in a day for three months. But, you know, it's not a full intensity workout. You have to be smart with how you work out, what time you work out, and, you know, if you're going to do cardio and consider that a workout, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. But... um when it comes to like the time that you have in a day, splitting up your workout time isn't great to me. And so different things work for different people. I've, I've seen it be beneficial and also detrimental. And that's just one example of how a program, or I guess in that case, a challenge can have such different effects on different people. Yeah. Let me ask you this random fitness question. If somebody had a limited amount of space, like a floor, we could say that's, yeah. Eight feet by eight feet. And that's yeah. all the space they had to work out and they had no equipment. What things would you say would be the best things to have overall just like fit body and, and full body strength? Yeah, the most basic movements you can do. Uh, squat. Just legs. Just a thing. How many squats? Up. Like how, how, what kind of reps? And If you're doing body weight, you can do uh, what sets of what really whatever you can handle because like me i could do a hundred bodyweight squats if i wanted to so when you're dealing with a light load and that intensity is not high you increase the repetition and you can get some pretty similar results right mm -hmm. so if you were a high level athlete with no equipment you start with some squats and then you'd probably go into like some squat jumps, maybe into like some lunge jumps, that same motion of lowering and raising your body, right? But with different uh, different intensities. Mm -hmm. So whether you're jumping or doing quick reps or holding at the bottom with the isometric, um, a lot of variation you could do. So legs, squats, lunges, arms, push-ups, really good for upper body development. A lot of people don't 
really consider push-ups an effective training method for some reason. You think you need a bench. You need weights on a bench. But if you can't do 20 push-ups, I don't know why you're trying to do a bench press. Mm. Right? That's cool. That's good information. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I talk with students a lot, and I'll tell them, because they'll tell me about these shows they're watching, and I'll be like, man, when the commercial happens, though, are you doing push-ups and sit-ups? You know, like, because I was like... It, with a limited amount of space and maybe not all the resources, like you could do some push-ups, yeah. set-ups in your free time. Yep, yep, yep. And that was uh, what got me into lifting weights in general. I used to have five-pound dumbbells. I would curl those dumbbells like 50 times and really yeah. just concentrate on <laughs> In <laughs> middle school. Yeah. Like <laughs> I already 12 know. 12 years old. But, For real. Um, and I would do push-ups and... I would do squats. My dad taught me at a young age, like, you need to have a good form in your squat. So we didn't even talk about lifting weights, but he's like, can you do a perfect squat? And I was like, no. And he just teach me how to do it. And he's like, you'll be able to do it if you just repeat and you keep trying and get the repetitions, right? And again, if you can't do a perfect bodyweight squat, you don't need to do a back squat with weight, right? Mm. And if you can't do 50 perfect squats you probably still shouldn't be doing how how would someone know if they're doing a perfect squat without having someone analyze them feet flat on the ground knees not moving laterally during the movement so i always say knees in line with the toes you can have your toes angled outwards if you want but those knees need to go outwards as well Mm. you can have your toes straight ahead if you want but your knees got to go straight ahead as well And so a lot of people put too much stress on their knees when they're squatting because they'll cave inwards. That means you have uh, weak abductors. Your hips can't keep your knees from collapsing in. Or they'll bow out very aggressively, right? And that that can damage your LCL. Hmm. And um, our, our knees are not meant to bend side to side, right? Nobody wants that. When we see that happen in a sporting event, it's like traumatic yeah, for everybody. It's disgusting. So just think about the natural movement of your joints. And all of our joints have to be involved, right? So you have to have adequate flexibility in your ankles and your knees and your hips. A lot of people have very bad hip flexibility. So you'll hear, hear people say ATG, um, ass to grass excuse my language uh so you're dropping low as as low as you can in that squat so butts going below your knees and your uh thighs going below parallel to the ground that's not appropriate for everyone mainly because of bad hip mobility so if you drop below your knees and you have bad hip mobility you'll have what's called a butt wink and your butt will kind of turn down and that's when you lower or you injure your lower back mm. right so flexibility mobility is key and being able to do these things and then also having the core strength to hold yourself upright when you're down in that seated position and it's hard for people to hold a squat so that isometric is something that's good to work on being able to have good posture not rounding your shoulders forward as you go down keeping that chest up and a lot of people think that you have to stay completely upright when you squat but it's natural to bend forward as you come down you just have to have the adequate hip mobility so that you're bending at your hips and not your back mm. right See, this is the type of thing I imagine someone could just throw on while they're at the gym and just rewind yeah, what you're saying and get some free game real yeah. quick. Like, 
I'm big on form because um, I've had enough injuries in my life, and I would hate if any of my clients got injured. I want people to have the knowledge and the tools to do these things on their own and not need someone there babysitting them. And I think that a lot of personal trainers don't see that as quite as an effective model because eventually somebody may feel that they don't need the trainer anymore, right? Mm. But I'm never mad if someone graduates from working with me because a lot of the things that I'm telling you to do, yeah, you could do them on your own, but can you motivate yourself? Are yeah. you really able to hold yourself accountable? And um, are you going to be working on your form and technique on your own? Can you really feel? Like, do you have the proprioception and the ability to have that awareness of your body so that you stay safe through all these movements? and Proprioception. Proprioception and understanding of the position of your body. Mm. So... Stand on one foot and close your eyes. A lot of our proprioception comes from our uh, visual awareness. So it's very hard to balance if your eyes are closed, right? So some people are not aware that their knees are coming in towards each other when they do a squat. And mm -hmm. I have to tell them. And a lot of times they're like, oh, I didn't even notice. Mm -hmm. Or they're not aware that they squat down and it's like at the bottom they're standing on their toes. It's like, whoa, keep your heel down. Yeah, I know you've told me these things yeah. in my alignment mm -hmm. squats. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, all in perspective, there's different training styles. You can perform squats, like, up more on your toes. I just wouldn't do it with a really heavy load. Yeah. Because you do want to have ankle strength as well as ankle mobility. So there's different ways to do that. But it, it can be very in-depth when it comes to exercise. And that's why I tell people, like, our bodies are all built differently. We have different things we need to work on. We have different exercise we should be doing. I've heard people say, like, it's not necessary for the average person to deadlift because the the way that the load is positioned is more risk than reward, which I don't necessarily disagree with that. But me, I think that when I deadlift often, I feel the strongest and... My, I can jump the highest, I have the most power output, and it also helps with my cardio when I do high repetition deadlifts, right? So any argument you hear in fitness, there is a way to refute. And any argument you hear in nutrition, there's probably some level of research in the opposition. So you, just another area in industry where you have to use your discernment and decide what's right for you and kind of uh, try it out a little bit. Yeah, I like how you started this of talking how it's the knowledge of yourself. You're learning yeah. yourself. You're learning about what you need as an individual. Mm -hmm. That's just a fun journey, and that's a lifelong learner. Right. Right. You keep learning about what it is that mm -hmm. you enjoy and what you like. Yeah, and that's how I retain my clients, like mm -hmm. helping them acknowledge these things and realize yeah. them, right? And, um, you know, I've had people <laughs> describe me as a life coach. I'm not a licensed life coach. That's mm -hmm. not my job. I'm just a nurse and a health coach. And my interactions with people give them the opportunity to learn about themselves, I feel. You know, I share about myself and my journey and try to help them be aware of the similar things that they're going through. Just because I've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. I've been through a lot. Like mad injuries. I mean, you've, in the as far as weight room and training and stuff goes, you know, you've had a, a very up and down, I guess, career all the way back yeah. to your beginning of lifting when you were in middle school, you know, you've yeah, had kind yeah. of a long journey with this. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been lifting weights for 12 ish years now and I've torn a ligament, uh, AC ligament in my shoulder twice. You know, I've had 
a couple minor back injuries. I've had a couple knee injuries, sprained ankle, you know. Uh, I had tendonitis in my bicep from doing too heavy a curls uh, a week before state track meet. Couldn't mm. throw the shot put in track. So, you know, just a lot of... And I had no reason to be curling that heavyweight. That was not preparing me for the sport that I was trying to play, right? Yeah. So sometimes you learn lessons the hard way, but the important part is that you learn, right? And, you know, my second shoulder injury was me being goofy and I learned the hard way again. And uh, that was when I really was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta chill out because mm-hmm. it's not worth me taking myself out of my job. When I get injured, I can't work at the hospital and it's hard for me to even work as a health coach and a trainer because I need to demonstrate and show people things. I remember being on crutches and trying to show somebody form and technique and it just like really takes me out of the game, right? Mm-hmm. So I have so much even more reason to take care of my body and try to be on my A game as much as possible. And um, a lot of it's been trial and error, and I'm not perfect. You know, sometimes I get a little excited, throw more weight on than I should. But uh, one thing that I don't uh, allow to be compromised is my form and my technique. And after 12 years of lifting, you know, I got some of the best deadlift form in the game. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that right here. Anybody can challenge me on it. And, uh, you know, my squat form is pretty good, too. Shout out to my dad for making me perfect the body weight squat so long ago but um technique is key and i see some cringy videos sometimes mm-hmm. and i'll admit sometimes my clients be a little cringy with how they're looking i'm like yo you gotta i want to post a video of you like come on cleaned up <laughs> like i'm not gonna post a video if you're looking crazy like this so slow it down make sure the technique is right because one i don't want you to get hurt two you're not going to get the benefit that you need if you're not doing the correct form and three I want, I want to be able to show you off. So let's let's get it together, right? And some people, the, the proprioception and the body awareness thing is really big. Yeah. If you haven't played a sport before, then it's like a steep learning curve, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's not necessary to the average person unless you are exercising, right? So I've taught people how to walk. I've taught people how to run. I've taught people how to jump. Like very basic things. But it's like sometimes... Uh, a certain style of trainer might just say like, "Oh, go jump, go jump on the box." Like you know how to jump. A lot of people don't know how to jump. Man, not do it safely. That's that's one of the workouts that I was always most fearful yeah. of is box You're not jumps. The only one. People hate box jumps. Man, people I hate used box to. Jumps. Man, when I was like in college and we would be in the weight room and I'd see on the boards three times twelve for box jumps and all my teammates just boing, like, you know, like, yeah. laying like cats because they all uh-huh. bouncy. I'm sitting here like, man, I'm not bouncy. Like, I'm a spot-up yeah. shooter, bro. Like, I just don't want to do box jumps. Right, right. <laughs> Bust your shins on there. Man, and, and I would only ever fail just because I was afraid. It wouldn't yeah. be because I couldn't jump because most of the time Whoa. I would just do it once I had to do it. You got to say that again. Why did you fail? I failed because I was afraid, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hesitation. Well, that's big. Mm-hmm. I think that translates into a lot more than just box jumps yeah for sure that um you know i was talking to my wife every year i have a theme i don't believe in new year's resolutions because 10 out of or 9 out of 10 times i'll say they fail i have themes for the year this year inspired by my daughter was no fear you know 
And I think that that has really helped me elevate my performance and my awareness, not being fearful in my actions and just trying to really be logical about the things that I do and the things that I say and be confident in myself and my intentions and being consistent and spreading love and uh, just trying to really believe that the energy I put into this world is going to come back to me, right? And there were so many things that I was afraid of in the past. And like you said, uh, fear often makes people make irrational decisions or hurt themselves. I mean, even in football, when people are afraid to hit, that's when they either get injured or they end up injuring the other person, like diving at their knees and ankles or something like that, right? So having less fear in your life can be very beneficial uh, way further than you just not being anxious, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually going to allow you to make better decisions and learn from your experiences and, uh, you know, have better discernment even. You mm-hmm. know, you can think clearly and uh, really analyze a situation and take advantage of it for what it is if you're not so fearful of what you're facing. For sure. And I guess really the only way to alleviate that is to go through it. Yeah, you got to experience it. It's just fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. I've had people like yourself afraid of box jumps and I push them like just do it just try it like yeah i'm gonna be behind you if you fall this is a soft box i promise it's not gonna hurt you if you fall like you can do this i've seen you do all these other things i'm not gonna ask you to do something that i don't really believe you can do like i'm not here to embarrass you Mm -hmm. i believe in you so like let's get it done right and sometimes it takes five minutes oh i can't do it no i'm scared i'm like i know you're scared you can do it like you're gonna do Mm -hmm. it and then they do it and they're like, wow, wasn't mm-hmm. that hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> what you're like, all moment. Bruh. And it's funny because it's not just one person. You mm-hmm. know, it, it happens a lot. And that's what I explain to people too. I'm like, you're not the only one afraid of this. And that's why you shouldn't be afraid, you know? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that aren't afraid of this and you are not any less capable than they are. Mm-hmm. So like, don't group yourself with those people that are holding themselves back just because they're afraid of the outcome. You don't know what the outcome be until you try it. Yeah. And I'm here to support you through it. And even if I wasn't here, I want you to know that you can attempt these things. Right? Mm-hmm. Because anything that anyone has done can be done by anyone else. That is my belief. Very strong of it. Uh, a lot of people think like, oh, they were so gifted. Like nobody could do that the way they did. I'm like, no, somebody could and somebody will. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's going to come along and try just as hard as them and put in an hour more of time and accomplish a little bit more than what that person did. Uh, we see crazy records get breaking all the time in the sports, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, nobody's going to ever break that record. Somebody breaks the record. Yeah. And it's always amazing when it happens, but it will continue to happen. And that uh, is in much more than sports. That's, yeah. that's in knowledge and uh, innovation, technology, and relationships, all these things. Like somebody's always looking to innovate and be the best. Yeah. That's where competition comes in to be a really big uh, benefit. But like we've talked about before, a lot of those people are really just competing with themselves. And they know that they're capable and they want to beat the version of them that they were yesterday. Right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Again, I, that's that's the the life I'm trying to lead, and uh, I can only do that with as minimal fear as possible. And you know, uh, a lot of the fear that we have is just a failure. Um, the majority of things, whether it's us failing to protect ourselves or mm. failing to make the money that we think we need or mm. want, or 
failing to be consistent in something that we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, like right? Failing to respond the way that we would want to someone. Mm-hmm. Responding with anger in a situation where you're like, man, I knew, I told myself I wasn't going to get angry like that again. Mm-hmm. And Or failing to evoke the response that we want from someone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't even try because we're like, oh, I don't know if they'll like agree with that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll uh, like that or maybe they'll think of me differently, right? Mm-hmm. So... The fear, I think a lot of times, is just shying away from failure. And failure is necessary to grow, right? Yeah. It's necessary for us to learn. You don't know until you try. For sure. All right. I hope y'all are keeping up here. We're bouncing around a little bit, but we got a lot of game to share. And Mm -hmm. my mind is racing because I've been seeing the world a little bit. Mm -hmm. And whenever I go somewhere outside of my home, I just have a lot of deep thoughts. Um I used to hate going on road trips. Yeah. They seemed so boring to me. And mm-hmm. now I just have this, uh, I mean, as everyone knows, I have this different perspective of life, right? And so <laughs> now me driving, mm-hmm. I just, you know, try to really enjoy that time. Uh, I, I appreciate me having the car. I appreciate having the safe trip and seeing the sights along the way and you know, being out on the road and especially when my family's there with me, being able to just, you know, either have conversation or sit there in silence and enjoy each other's presence, you know. It's beautiful. Yeah, because um, even that we don't always get to do, you know, life moves fast. So sometimes that might be the, the break that you get, even though driving is tiring to me, right? And um, it can kind of take a lot out of you, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I just try to see that as an opportunity, just like everything that I do now at this point. And so I prefer to fly. I love being in planes, love being up high, love getting places fast. But um, having a little five-hour drive this weekend was almost like a good reset for me. Just, uh, one, doing something that I probably wouldn't have chosen to do. Like, I would choose to fly, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Did you rent a car or you went no, I drove my car. Yeah. And I, you know... Sometimes I used to say like, oh, I have to drive. I have to drive. But that terminology, have to, and thinking that it's like a punishment. I've Mm -hmm. been trying to help some of the people in my life change that up. You can say the same exact statement and say, I get to, and see it as an opportunity, right? Yeah. You don't have to do this because really, if you didn't want to do it, you don't, nobody's making you do it, right? You Mm -hmm. don't have to do anything. We have free will. Uh so getting to do these things, like this is the opportunity. It makes you a little more excited about it, regardless of what it is. I had to do that to myself during the pandemic. Tell myself, I get to go help people today. You know, I get to go to work and make money so I can provide for my family. I get to live today. I get to live today. Mm-hmm. It's something we take for granted very often when we feel like we have to do things. For right? sure. Yeah. So, you know, just a, another little key takeaway. And I heard that really from my dad. I asked my dad, like, when are you planning on retiring? Like, is that coming up soon? He's like, well, it's cool being in a situation where I'm working because I want to, not because I have to. And a lot of people feel like they have to do their job. To, I mean, we do have to work to survive, right? Mm-hmm. But we also get to work because some people don't get to work. Some people don't have a job. Some people are either unemployed or homeless, whatever the situation may be, disabled, Right, mm-hmm. they may want to work and physically cannot. So, when basically everything we do is a privilege, mm-hmm. right? I would say maybe aside from going to pr- prison, <laughs> like I don't think that that's has much positive light around it. But 
all of our daily activities that we feel are like requirements of us, those are all blessings. Yeah, you got to enjoy it. You know, I was uh, listening to a guy this morning in a Zoom call. He was talking about a basketball official who has been around the game for like 50 years. He just retired. He's super high level legend, Mm -hmm. you know, in the basketball world. And he was telling us this because he was talking to a meeting of officials and he was just like, man, as you guys are officiating these games, just enjoy each game. Mm. He was like, because these careers, these these times fly by, yeah. you know, and you get an opportunity to be around a, a beautiful game and, you know, immerse yourself in each night that you're working, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just end up like, man, that's, that's true because... I'm only 27 and I feel like it's flown by. Mm. I already know one day I'm just going to remember these decades of stories with my friends and great experiences and yeah. just have fondness on this experience. I've always felt like I'm like an old soul. Yeah. So I feel like I'm just waiting to catch up to my soul, you know, because one day it's going to match. Like one day, you know, my, my soul and my physical are going to be on the same level and I'm yeah. going to just be chilling. That'll be a cool time because I, I feel the same way. Mainly because people have told me. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, "What, really? Like, you think I'm that old? Like, dang!" Come by, on. <laughs> by that time, by that time, podcasts are just going to be thoughts. You know, right. people are going to connect something to their thoughts and have like a thought cast. <laughs> yeah, straight up, yeah. No, you're. That's not crazy. Yeah. Y'all that think that's crazy, look up Neuralink. <laughs> For real, Elon bro. working on that right now. That's the thing, though. Like all these technological advancements and the changes in the world, you really do have to appreciate every moment. You have to. Things change quick, so fast, really fast. And I think uh, a lot of people don't realize it until it's already over and done with. For sure, it's like changing right before our eyes. Man, right. So all these little things, again, that we take for granted, just realize it's probably not going to be like this for very long. So just enjoy it while you got it for uh, whatever it is. Right. Um, even some of the things that we lack may be a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. and giving us an opportunity to be more appreciative of some of the things that we do actually have, right? And um, I I think that that's hard to think of because people think that the the clock's working against them. Like, I have to obtain all these things before my time is up or, Mm -hmm. like, like their finite time is, well, you know, let me put it this way. Sometimes when people know their purpose, they feel pressed to like actually make it happen sure which is good you need yeah. to, you need to have that motive but at the same time you can't let that take away from the experience along the way right yeah um, and we're in a blessed position to be able to recognize that you know what i'm oh saying yeah. it's just an amazing to be able to have the awareness of enjoying the process mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. allowing life's ups and downs to come at you and just kick it yeah, there's so so many situations like in the past week where it's just like i, I laugh because I know I would have responded so differently a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And then it makes me proud of myself because I'm like, man, (laughs) I really could have messed that up back in the past. But like now I'm equipped to have these tools and it's like most situations are not a big deal to me. And people look at me crazy because I'd be like, come on, like. I'm a pacifist. (laughs) You know, like I am a pacifist. Now I I got to tell the story. (laughs) He pulls up to the gas uh, the gas pump. Yeah, I'm I'm slowly going into it already, and he's whipping around the corner, slams on his brakes. I'm already in this spot. He came from the other side, so I was completely <laughs> in the right. And this guy was so angry, slamming his steering wheel. You could tell he was cussing. His wife sitting in the front seat. This was earlier today, guys. Just by the way, and 
I couldn't help but laugh. And I was like, oh, crap, I shouldn't be laughing. But, like, his response was, like, so ridiculous. Oh, you looked at him and laughed, and he saw you laugh? Yeah. And I was like, I know that's because Maddie's told me before that I do that. It's almost like a nervous laugh. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, crap, I hope I didn't, like, really, really piss him off. He looked like he was a dangerous guy the way he was reacting. (laughs) Sure. And, but also, there was a point in my life where I would have been mad that he was mad. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't do anything wrong with yeah, what are you mad at about? me for? Yeah. You know, and I know that that's not ever gonna end well. Mm-hmm. So you know, I quickly zipped it up, like stopped my reaction, didn't pay him mind, watched him leave, and he circled back around. So I let my family know I'm gonna pump this gas, I'm gonna ignore this man, but y'all be on guard because he looks unstable. Mm-hmm. But I think everything's all right. Just making sure we're on the same page, right? That's real, man. I've had to learn hard the hard way about laughing when somebody's having an, a huge emotional reaction yeah. because sometimes it is just my first thought. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, like they look and it's not ridiculous, and you're kind of like, right. or is it laughing? Well, one time I had an experience very early on in my officiating career where <laughs> I was. Uh, it was actually. I don't know. I don't want to say this person's name, but they were in the NBA and they're like an ex NBA player and they're coaching this team. And he was complaining about the calls. And it was like, dude, this is like a seventh grade basketball game, mm. cl- club game. He was complaining about the calls. And I was kind of disagreeing, obviously, because I was officiating. I also was not equipped. A lot of these stories I have where things went south were when I did not have the experience I have now. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't equipped with the moments to deal with this or the tools to deal with this. So he got all upset and he started like throwing his arms up and like stomping his feet around and like spinning around in disagreement. And from a far away, super far away, I like started laughing because I was just like, bro, he looks crazy. And he's this kind of icon here. All these kids look up to him. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, so I was kind of like, this is crazy. And right as I laughed, like just zeroed in on my eyes, <laughs> like from across. Like, he is like he saw my first smile and just like zeroed in on me and was like, you Dude, know, this is yeah, exactly. And then I had to kind of just like I swallowed my whistle and didn't even administer a technical because I was kind of like I provoked that a little bit. But he yeah. was already having a demonstrative act and yeah. resentment to a call or no call, which I know now is criteria, but mm-hmm. at that time I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, a demonstrative act and resentment to a call or no call. That's one of the five respect for the game guidelines for mm-hmm. like the NBA. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine kind of how that can manifest. Yeah. Now that's a valuable lesson, right? Yeah. Because one, you talk about the tools of being able to handle that situation which comes with experience and wisdom. For sure. Which has to be a patient process. So you have to be aware mm-hmm. of those things, right? So you learned a lesson in that situation. You didn't let it happen again. Yeah, as a leader, you're always, well, this is how I feel. As a leader, you're always supposed to be accountable for how others react to you. You know, even if it's not a healthy reaction or it's the right one, you're supposed to do everything you can to make sure that it yes. doesn't become something that's not, yes. you know, organized. And everybody should know that taking accountability is what will get you respect. For sure. You know. For sure. Some people think that they're going to get the respect and the the praise from not being the one that's responsible, but the person that steps up and acknowledges that there was wrongdoing and they have a plan to make it better in the future, those are the ones that people are going to look to in the next situation. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So, um, yeah, I, 
even like this, right? Just talking and that little <laughs> and mm-hmm. smile. I do that in certain situations where the context is not appropriate to be smiling or do that little laugh. Oh, yeah. And it's something that I'm working on. I used to be like, oh, why would you, why are you mad that I'm laughing? I'm not allowed to be happy. Right. But, but it's not the right situation. And yeah. You have to have that level of understanding if yeah. you want to uh, have a foot up in this world. Yeah. And honestly, this might sound wrong, but this is why I, it's not mandated for me to wear a mask at, at the school I work at, but I still wear a mask daily. And because of your facial expression. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because a lot of things happen where I'm honestly kind of weak, like underneath my yeah, mask. And nurses do that too. Yeah. Because I'd be like, bro, some yeah. things happen where I just, my first initial reaction is, this is hilarious. And mm-hmm. I'll kind of smile and laugh, but I'm like, I don't want to show that. So I rock right, the mask. Right, right, right. I, I was literally just having a conversation with one of my clients recently who's a nurse and, uh, She's talking about she's doing an IV and we're used to wearing masks and she didn't get the IV right and she made this crazy face and then the mom got like super anxious about it, but it wasn't like a crazy situation. She was just unaware of her facial expression. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, just another realm of communication that COVID has kind of disrupted because uh, body language and facial expressions are important and that's something that we did differently for uh, at least a year. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, even me, myself... You know, you get used to having the mask and the face shield and all this other stuff on. So it's like you can make any type of crazy face you want. And then people don't really know. Right. Uh, so it took a little bit of training. And that kind of lets us know in the first place is something we should be aware of, regardless of if we have the mask on or not. Yeah. Because a lot of that body language and facial expressions, that'll translate into how we actually respond to someone, too. So once you're aware of that and try to t- take control of that, uh, the whole situation is more in your control. Yeah. And you, you already brought up the idea of kind of learning about yourself to maximize potential and that's just another step about learning about yourself you can learn about yourself from like a 360 degree bird's eye right introspective outer like every which angle you could start some studies about yourself there's a lot of detail man it's like infinite things that you could for sure yeah and some people feel overconfident in their understanding of their self and don't think that there's more to learn right yeah that's where People can have like an ego disillusion, similar to the idea of you being at the beach where you see the vastness and you kind of feel that calming. Sometimes people have that like midlife crisis or that break where Mm. they realize that this story they're telling themselves about themselves is not aligning with everyone else's reality yeah because now you have that like schism and Mm -hmm. it's It's almost like an identity crisis or imposter syndrome i think i think most people go through a time where they reflect and they're like man i'm not necessarily aligning all of my descriptions of myself with reality Mm. and it can be hard to you know deal with yeah because then you're I think sometimes they might lose hope in being able to attain that yeah. level. Like, I think that's why we roast each other when we're young, because it's kind of like you got a big nose, <laughs> and then it's like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> like, but you, like at first you don't want to accept that, and yeah. you want to get mad. No, but until you like get into reality, you you're going to be kind of mad about it. You mm-hmm. know, I see this all the time at the school I work with because of overweight staff and the kids like get mm-hmm. upset and be like this fat <laughs> you know and i'll see this <laughs> person get, get a little upset. upset i've seen people get upset by getting called fat mm-hmm. like adults and i'll be thinking like to, to remain clinical in this situation like you need to just have a non-emotional reaction yeah. to that 
uh, verbal, you know, attack mm-hmm. that has no consequences. But it's tough, bro. It's hard. People. I mean, for me, I don't think that it's tough to like discredit what a child says to me. Mm-hmm. But certain things can. It'll hurt regardless sure. of who says it, right? Yeah. Especially if it's something that you're already aware of or insecure about or like somebody else has said it to you in the past, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I've had situations in the hospital where people that I know they're, you know, withdrawing from drugs or alcohol or I know that they have dementia or something, they say something disrespectful to me and I can feel me get upset mm-hmm. and I'm like, why am I this person is not in their right mind. So right. it doesn't matter what they but Words have strength, regardless of who they come from. And that's why you got to really define yourself. You know, you can define yourself with your thoughts. You can write it out. You can do whatever it is that you need to do to get to know, like, what your touch on the world is. So then when someone tries to give you a new definition, you can be like, nah, I already know. And I know the hard way. I know because, like, you know, I went went the hard route to figure out this stuff about myself. So when you say it, it means nothing. Right, right, exactly, exactly. It's like, because that person doesn't know you. So Mm -hmm. if if you know you, then their words aren't going to matter as much. For sure. Yeah. Um, I've I've had to work on that. I've had to work on that because people disrespect healthcare workers very often, whether it's verbally, physically, emotionally. And um, we have to advocate for ourselves and our professions just as we have to advocate for the people that we care for. You know, Mm -hmm. I advocate for my patients. I want them to be safe. You advocate for students. You want them to be safe, right? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we have to advocate uh, for people that are trying to harm us. And that can be a very complex Sometimes I have to advocate for someone who's trying to harm themselves. And I have to keep them away from themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's one of the most hard, that's one of the most difficult parts about the job I do is if there ever is any self-harm that Mm. someone is doing. And then to try to, like, kind of remove that. Yeah, yeah, that is, that's hard in any context. Yeah. Self-harm and just people not believing that they are as valuable as the person sitting next to them for sure that's gonna always be probably one of my things as i get older that i'm like you talk about the traumatizing things that you've seen at work that's probably one of the things for me that as i get older i'm gonna have to kind of like talk out or something because Mm -hmm. i've just seen too many like self-injurious behaviors and it's it's hard to see yeah i mean it it can feel very surreal in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. When you're like witnessing somebody like hitting their head against something or yeah, trying yeah. to cut themselves or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Bro, I'll never forget. I'll tell like a quick story and keep it, you know, <laughs> like PG-13. Yeah, keep it PG-13 and also have everybody, you know, have their anonymity. But I was working with a young girl who would have self-injurious behaviors and like we were out in this field. We have a huge field at our school and out by the gate, it's in Tempe. The 60 kind of runs you know, at the back of our field in Tempe. And over, she she was already in a mode where she was kind of like in a crisis state Mm -hmm. and she was trying to harm herself. And she like ran all the way to the back of this gate. And um, there was like a, someone had drank an alcohol liquor bottle Mm -hmm. like on the other side and just like broke the glass and threw it on our side. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, whatever, I'm just going to, walk because she's not really doing anything right now she's going over to this gate like it's fine she can be in the grass i don't really care you know so 
I'm just walking, trailing her, and then she like shows me she has this huge shard of glass in her hand, mm. and she's just like, "Oh, like, I'm just like, oh my mm. gosh!" I was like, "What are the odds?" Yeah. You know, and I had no idea what she was gonna choose to do because like yeah. she, she she was like kind of all over the place. I had no idea what she was gonna choose to do. Luckily, she threw it down and like went a, a different direction. I was like, "Oh, thank you." You know, <laughs> there's funny because I was talking to this teacher the other day, and she said that she was doing a Bible study, and they were talking about Psalms, and she was just telling her Bible study group how like at her work she just sees god working you know all the time yeah and i was just like yeah that's real because here sometimes i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna get out of this situation and then something happens where I'm like, oh okay i'm glad that just occurred i didn't even think about that as a possibility yeah, you know yeah and then everything's chill after that mm -hmm. yeah everything's scary in the moment time mm -hmm. is an interesting concept because all those situations feel like they last 30 minutes right man, some moments feel so big yeah. i was thinking about that the other day man it's like sometimes a moment can just feel so long and just you know you're like wow this is does not feel like the same moment when i woke up and went and mm -hmm. you know made some toast or something and the the longest moments are appear to be like the least desirable moments for sometimes, sure right yeah but some most of the times also where you need to be like showing up the most you right, know where you right. need to be there yeah. ready to handle business mm -hmm. and i was talking to my mother-in-law you know about like uh depression just because people that are depressed it's like those dark times they just feel endless right mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes there will be days and i mean it could be somebody's whole life that they're feeling depressed right mm -hmm. and um just for it to be drug out, whether it's a hour or a year, it's gonna be kind of a suffering, right? Sure. That you gotta get through and mm -hmm. just understand that there will be a brighter day. And you know, I've I've had situations where you know we're witnessing these awful things, right? Sure. And it's it's almost like for a moment you lose hope. You're like, oh wow, I really don't have any control, and you just have to let God do his work mm -hmm. and get through that situation and, and just get back to the script eventually. It can it can be very like discombobulating when you go through those things. Like especially you have to go back to work and do your job after those situations, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh wow, that was tough. I'm gonna go home now <laughs> and rest and recover. It's like, no, I gotta still be here for the rest of these kids, right? Yeah. And get back to the normalcy that we were trying to have before this event took place. For sure. The ability to, and we've talked about this with you as well, the ability to just be able to move into a whole nother situation that's just as emotionally yeah. pulling is, you know, I've taken, I've been intentionally trying to build this skill, you mm. know. The, I've worked at my job for four years now, and even when I first started, I've like told them my intention is to develop a clinical lens, a non-reactive response, and be able to just get better at making decisions when mm -hmm. things are chaotic. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm doing well, you know? <laughs> and that's yeah. what I'm working on more. Resilience is a survival tactic. Yeah. You know, um, people that are able to be mentally and physically resilient will live longer. Facts, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have to be able to get hurt emotionally. You have to be able to get hurt physically and still move forward and grow from those experiences. <laughs> I remember one time a kid, like, was looking for something to make me mad. Like he's just throwing out these things. Like, what is he? Gonna, what's Mr. Davis gonna get mad if I say? And he was like, yeah, that's, "That's why you never made it to the NFL." <laughs> I was like, "What?" I was like, what? I, was like, Bro, I didn't even play football. But it's just funny because, like, when you hear someone like trying to search for the things yeah. that they think are gonna get you to finally be like, "What'd you say?" 
I'll mm-hmm. never go there, bro. Right. I'll never go there. I've, I've had all types of wild stuff yelled at me, and I'm just like, I don't know, mm-hmm. chilling. Even as a basketball player and official, I've been on, I've had away games when I was in college where people would be like saying super mean things to me from the student section. Yeah. I'm just like, dang, bro, I don't even know yeah. you guys. You got to taste your own medicine. You know, we had the ruthless <laughs> student section when you we played in high school. Yeah. And you were always on the winning team, so you didn't get haggled that much. <laughs> That's true, though. Yeah, I know. I will yeah, take it because yeah. I'll take that high school experience over right. the. And it's kind of fun when, especially if you're playing well, when people have right. been talking trash to you. Uh-huh, bro, like, okay, keep it coming. I'll, I'll never forget, bro. Minnesota Duluth, bro. We were in Duluth, Minnesota, and um, in warm-ups, like, the student section was, like, talking trash to me. And I missed my first three I shot in warm-ups, and they were like, yeah, Russ, like, not tonight, Russ. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they were, like, calling me by my name, talking about I wasn't going to be hitting threes that night. And I remember, like, the second possession, I pulled from, like, 30 feet, like, right in front of their section, just cashed it, just looked at them. And then I hit my next, like, three in a row in that same, like, right wing by the student section. And that's one of the most fun feelings because it's, like, all these people you don't even know in this random state you don't even live in are, like, cheering against you. And you get to just kind of be like, all right, I'm hot hot right now, though. Mm -hmm. And that's the mentality you have to take if you want to be able to perform under pressure and prove people wrong uh, mm-hmm. the more success that you have the more people want to see you fall oh yeah regardless of the context for and, sure and if you uh find a way to not let that chatter get to you and you continue to succeed it makes the success even that much sweeter huh? oh yeah and it's easy when you know that you grind you know what i mean because right. it's like all right, you don't want me to shoot well but I was shooting last night. I was like, shooting I this morning. This. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm always shooting, bro. Like, yeah. I don't even know you guys. I'm right, not from here, right. but I shoot all the time. You wasn't with me in the gym. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You understand this, bro. Man, and that's that's always just a good feeling when you be confident in the work you yeah. put in. And it yeah. has to have that monotonous consistency on your own time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Be ready for that day when somebody tries to test you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the discipline to do the right thing, in the dark when nobody's around watching then you are going to crumble in those situations oh yeah this sounds just like that j cole song where damian lillard's like on the intro you know mm-hmm. what I'm that's exactly yeah, what that yeah, just yeah, sounded yeah. like right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> he's Shout like when you work hard in the off season he's like you know it always comes to light yeah uh, <laughs> right well that's what's up man yeah uh, a few twists and turns on this episode i say random random but it was cool especially you describing kind of some of the workouts that one can do with a limited space you know i feel like that's very helpful and i have a lot of kids ask me what they can do Mm -hmm. with just like their living room floor so and quick on that too you don't need 30 minutes to work out right i sometimes will do um uh call it exercise snacks Mm -hmm. so what five times out of the day bust out 20 push-ups or do like five minutes of activity right it's so much better than doing nothing some people oh i didn't make it to the gym today get up and do a set of 20 squats that's Mm -hmm. a lot better than you doing nothing and sitting on the couch right and then like you said with doing things in intervals between commercials is a very uh useful tactic as well where you don't have to take away your tv time but you can make it a little more productive for yourself yes sir audience we get to live you know we get to live and we feel blessed about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're both thankful to God for being able to provide us with the time and health today to get together and talk, man. Yes, very much so. And I forgot, ugh, I meant to say it at the beginning, but if you're here with us now, then you better like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> Send it to at least one person that you love very, very much. And thank you so much for listening up mm-hmm. until this point because we appreciate you so very much. And this is episode 37. And like last week, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.